0: All about kicking back relaxing and enjoying the show take the time out of your day to listen to new music and the new sound of radio tune in every day all day for the greatest hits latest news and community events that you can be a part of monco where music and minds meet Kiss Army, you have been summoned to the 10th season of the Kiss Room. Are you worthy? This Army, you wanted the best and you got it. I am Matt Porter and you are in the Kiss Room. To kick off the 10th season of the Kiss Room, I will be joined by Dan Parcells and we will spin his new single, Take My Breath Away. I'll be chatting with Lori Georgevich and Russ Daniker for eyewitness accounts to the new Kiss documentary and the return of Kiss to the live stage. The Kiss Room house band will be rocking you with another amazing set of Kiss classics we have Kiss Talk, Kiss Tunes, and more. So let's get ready. It's time to launch this ship. You're listening to the Kiss Room on Mako Radio, where music and minds meet. This army, I am happy to welcome Dan Parcells to the Kiss Room to share his new single, Take My Breath Away, and of course, talk some kiss. Dan,
1: welcome to The Kiss Room. Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me. Very excited to be here and honored.
0: This is a thrill. Now, I I know it would have been a lot more fun if we had been able to be in the studio because we had the house band. I wanted you to sing with the house band. We're still kind of locked out, um, so we are joined here via technology. And, of course, I mentioned you have a new single coming out, which I think The Kiss Room audience, my listeners are going to love it. But before we get to that, because, of course, we're here in The Kiss Room, How did you get into music and how did you discover Kiss?
1: All right. Well, first I got into music, maybe the first time I saw the movie La Bamba that came out in 86. So I think that's the time or the first time that I saw somebody on stage and people going crazy. I still love that movie to this day. So I think that's what really started it off. You know?
0: What was it about the movie that that really sucked you in?
1: I'm not sure. I love everything about that movie. You know, he carried his guitar around with him, and I think maybe the struggle. But uh, you know, at the end when he got on that stage and everybody was going crazy for, uh, I think it was all the attention he would get. You know, I like a lot of attention.
0: It's well, that's like a Rocky story only with a guitar. That that movie. You know, it's it's got that same vibe. You know the uh, no, that's that's awesome. And then, so I mean, obviously, that's maybe something. The first time you're hearing music, how do you get into rock? How do you start getting into you know finding an event eventually? Kiss.
1: Yeah, I well, I was into Guns N' Roses a little bit when I was a kid too, and uh, I thought they were really exciting and dangerous, you know. And then, um, but they, you know, I had like maybe an album, but I wasn't like crazy about it. So uh, my cousin and I, my cousin John Brennan, he um, he mixed and mastered the new single. So when we were kids, we went and saw Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, and then at the end of that was God gave rock and roll to you. So we were so big into those movies, and we got the soundtracks, and we listened to all the you know the songs in the soundtrack, and then we started to branch out from there. I went and bought a Slaughter cassette, uh, Faith in More tape. And then I bought a KISS VHS, and um, and that was KISS Extreme Close-Up, and that was the first thing I ever got of KISS. And I remember picking it up. I think it was maybe Sam Goody, Cherry Hill Mall, maybe? One of those. And, uh, and I looked at the back, and I was like, this looks really familiar. I don't know if I ever saw them before, because I was maybe like 11 or 12. But I think, honestly it was just meant to be that's why it looks so familiar to me it was like uh, this is it so once i i put that on that that vhs i was just blown away that changed my life i wore that thing out like if i popped that in today on the vcr it wouldn't play right you know
0: <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting about that. and That's one of the things I like doing the most about the KISS room is you're jumping in around 92, 93, revenge era. Now you're going back and seeing the roots of KISS, but having jumped in, the makeup's already off for a bunch of years, which I always kind of fascinate It's one of the things that I love the most about talking to different KISS fans is everybody has their different point of entry. It's when did you find them? So when you went back, like you're used to the revenge area, no makeup, they're doing, you know, things like God gave rock and roll to you. What's the first thought when you see the makeup and you see the pile of albums that are available to KISS fans that from you know the early days?
1: Yeah, when it first comes on, it has it says, Here's how to get more kiss from Polygram. And it shows <laughs> it's just you're just barrage of albums. You're like what the hell, you know, what is this? I don't know. I never really thought anything about the makeup. I just thought this is what it is, you know, and this is exciting and look at all those albums. And I remember like it would, all the albums would flash by. It was so exciting to be like, you know, as you go and you get them and you're like, what, what's that one? Pause that, you know, what's that album? So yeah, it was all, it was, it was 92 and then all the history. So it was so much cool stuff at one time. And I just from there it was like going and getting those albums like for the first time, buying uh, that you know I bought Revenge after after the um, the V the VHS, and my cousin he bought Crazy Nights at the same time because he liked the cover, so and I <laughs> wanted the most and I wanted the most current album, and, and um, so you know we listened to those two and then. I remember like I got like Gene's solo album or something maybe next and then I got a destroyer record. I kind of jumped around a little bit for the next albums, but you know, that time of co- first collecting those albums just is such a great memory in my life and just so exciting, you know. What are some of the songs that jumped out to you instantly? Well definitely uh most of the songs on the VHS, like you know, showing sure us something, unholy, um I love them, leave them. You know, those are still some top faves of mine. And then after that, I think uh, Take It Off on Revenge. That was, like, such a dirty song for, like, a 12-year-old to be listening to. And you're like, <laughs> man, I can't wait to get chicks and be a rock, rock and roll guy, you know?
0: <laughs> so we are in the Kiss Room. I'm talking to Dan Parcells. We are going to listen to the song that got him inspired to pick up a guitar take it off right here in the kiss room on maca radio where music and minds meet We're back here in the Kiss Room on Monco Radio, where music and minds meet. I think everybody's either inspired to pick up a guitar or start stripping. It's hot where you are. So look, we're here in the Kiss Room. I'm talking to Dan Parcells. One of the things I'm thrilled that we're going to play your new single. You have a new single called Take My Breath Away. I'm calling this the radio premiere. I think you've had it on podcast, but we're on Monco Radio, where music and minds meet, broadcasting out to the millions and millions. Talk about the new single. Give us a preview. How did you come up with it? Give us all the inside info, Dan.
1: All right. Well, I uh, went under um, kidney surgery last year. So I got a new kidney and I had plenty of time to sit on the couch and play the guitar. So um, kind of went from there. I just kept messing around and messing around on the couch. And I have so many ideas. And this one I really liked. And it just, you know, snowballed into something really cool. And uh, musically, I started with the music. And then um, I think I started writing some lyrics a little bit, and then I um, gave my friend uh, Rich DeLisa a call. He's uh, in the Rat Tribute Band with me um, that we do sometimes, a couple times a year.
0: Formerly of Naughty Jane, right? I made a video for them a million years ago, yeah.
1: Yeah, Yo, you know who he is. <laughs> See, it's all
0: connected. It's one yeah. It's
1: one small planet. <laughs> That's right. Rock and roll family here. <laughs> So I think maybe I had like, you know, I need something to get me going here. And I've always liked working with him lyrically and we could always uh, bounce stuff off of each other. So I thought it was a really cool groove and um, kind of like a rat-esque type of a guitar riff. And then, um, you know, it turned into something uh, kind of moody and dark and maybe even a little bit goth. But, um, you know, all the rock and roll influences are definitely there. Paul Stanley is my biggest influence. And Ace and Bruce, they're my two favorite guitar players. So definitely that um, kind of... Uh, you know guitar vibe going on as far as the leads and stuff
0: i hear definite kiss influences i mean then again with me i try and always if i hear something that sounds kind of like kiss i'm going to gravitate to it but i think that there's definitely the the listeners here will definitely hear some of that influence um what are the things that inspire you when you write i mean obviously you mentioned having a, a you had a kind of a tough time struggling with you know some health issues but what are the things that really you know what are the things in your life that inspire your writing well,
1: a lot of times when I write, um, I do kind of um, go for that Paul Stanley kind of let's overcome, we are together type of um, let's be empowered. And um, I I a lot of times I want it to be like a crowd can feel like, you know, we're in this together and we're at the show and we're going to scream this song. Um, that's one type of thing I kind of do. You know, I try to write Certain, so people could really get into it and feel it. Um, definitely the empowerment thing and overcoming. And um, you know, rock and roll music always makes me feel powerful. I mean, I can dig all kinds of music, but something about that hard rock and rock and roll that just makes me feel like superhuman. So that's one thing. And then um, just kind of different relationships with people. Um, Women and um, drugs and alcohol come, you know, with friendships and I like to go out and party. Everybody likes to go out and party and uh, sometimes it's a great time and sometimes it can be a dark time. So I like to shine a light on the good times and maybe some of the darker times as well.
0: Well, you know, with that in mind, we are going to bust out the new single. Like I said, I'm calling it the radio premiere of your new single called Take My Breath Away right here on Mako Radio where music and minds meet. Kiss Army, we are back. That is the new hit single from Dan Parcells. It's called Take My Breath Away. I know that those of you out there listening are totally digging that as much as I am. Dan, talk about that and really what's coming up. You said you're working on more songs.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, this one I put out, it's kind of new to me as far as um, streaming goes. Um, That song is available on Spotify, everywhere you stream music. Deezer, Amazon, Apple. Of course, YouTube. Um, I do have a YouTube channel. I'm trying to build up. There's um, more interviews on there. Older songs from different bands that I've been in. The new song. Um, yeah, you could find me on Facebook, and that's Dan Parcells. Twitter, same thing, Dan Parcells, and um, Instagram right now is Parcells Dan, but I hope to switch that back. I uh, hopefully it'll be Dan Parcells again in the near future. But well, please follow me, you know, I'm always into uh, meeting KISS fans, talking KISS, it's my favorite thing to do, aside <laughs> play my own music, you know, <laughs> talking about KISS for hours, of course. You know, with that in mind, when's, when's the first time you saw KISS live? First time I saw him was 95 in New York at the Roseland Ballroom, the K- official yes. KISS convention. Was, Acoustic
0: Kids Commission, yeah.
1: Yeah, that was for my 15th birthday. I had to wait to the perfect time. I had the metal edge. Me and my dad went to Weber's one day. You know, the, uh, the root beer place, you drive your car up. The girls are on the skates sometimes, you know, like that old 50s style or whatever. And I had, like, I just busted out the metal edge with the ad, and I was like, this is what I want to do for my birthday. And it was $100 a ticket, and I was like, Big time, then
0: you know. <laughs> Think about that. Nineteen ninety-five, a hundred dollars for a ticket seems so steep. Now it's a hundred dollars to get in the grass, and it's just you know. Yeah, um, yeah no doubt.
1: And Last that, time I saw Kiss. Day, I'm sorry. I was go gonna
0: ahead. say that. I was just gonna say that day, the amount of memorabilia that they had. Just when you walk in, I remember walking in, and the first thing, seeing the gigantic Love Gun original painting. Yes. And then all that memorabilia and then the tribute bands and the Kiss wedding and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And then when, when they came out, I think that was one of the best Kiss events I've ever seen. And, it was, and I remember it being packed. And, I, and years later, I've gotten some VHS, you know, different bootlegs of those where you see like, I think it was in Florida or whatever. Everybody's like sitting on the floor and kind of like <laughs> almost like they're in a high school like like auditorium. Yeah. That New York one was off the hook. And I don't yeah. know if you remember, one of the things I always think about was some kid in the front was crabbing. He didn't, He wanted an autograph or something. And Paul Stanley was like, hey, man, this is New York. And the crowd just <laughs> popping. And it was just like, you know, yeah. that, that really was such an amazing event. It's funny to think how many years ago that really was, but the, uh, you know, time flies. But the, uh, so yeah, that acoustic set. And then when's the last time you saw him?
1: Um, last time I saw him, it was maybe two years ago, and that was in Philly. For the Farewell Tour. Is that what it's called? What's it called? End of the road.
0: End of the road. I keep saying the end of the road is a cul-de-sac. It's just going to keep going around and yeah. around and around. You know the. Uh, it's funny. I I was at that show as well. I guess that was March, um, 2019. Kind of uh, okay. back before we knew the world was going to fall apart. It was so mm-hmm. so nice. So it was just uh, you know the I and that I, date might be wrong. My I don't remember things as well as I used to. But the uh, no, it's funny. That's sure. I think that's one of the funny things when you think about that acoustic that tour you know, they were, they were on fire. That's a band on fire. And it's, and I think that's great that to think that, you know, as a 15 year old that you could get the chance to do that. I was much older back then, not as old as I am now, but the, uh, you know, what are you, what are some of your memories of that show?
1: There was a lot. I'd really try to soak everything in so I could tell my friends. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I remember the wedding when Gene and Paul came out to do the wedding Everybody was screaming so loud the entire time, you couldn't hear what was going on. There was no stopping either. They tried to like stop them, but no, it was going crazy. That was really cool.
0: I remember thinking, always... I wonder if those people like, like everybody always kind of talks. Do you think that was a real wedding or was it what is it yeah. set up? I'd love to know
1: if uh, those two are still together. <laughs> yeah, really. It's got to be a way to find out, right?
0: You know, every once in a while, I kind of look it up. I try looking it up because I think the girl's name was like Dorinda or Kalinda or something. I have it on video. I actually did record it. And it's funny because when uh, I remember when uh, the minister's going through and he says, and then the whole crowd going, thanks be to God.
2: (laughs) That was such a
0: blast. Yeah. Yeah.
2: uh,
1: What would you say is the best show that you ever saw? It would have to be that one, yeah, no doubt. It was like uh, just all the stuff that they were saying in between, and then they did the interview. They all came out and talked. You know, that was really cool. I remember Paul was like extra lispy that day. You know, <laughs> if you don't, if you don't knock it off, I'm gonna come down there and kick your ass. You remember that? one? <laughs> Somebody was like pushing each other or something. Paul, yeah, if you don't knock it off. I'm gonna come down there and kick your ass. And then the crowd. Well, goes, yeah. that was. Yeah, the crowd—the
0: crowd was on fire. That was the funny yeah. thing. That was, the, and it was—it was packed tight, and it was hot in there. And the crowd was really, yeah, they were really, uh, yeah, they were really on fire. So that's oh, yeah. yeah. It's, so we got a little bit off track, but I mean, so we heard the new single. Then talk about—you said you're working on a new album. Talk about some of the songs that we might get in the future.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, actually, I'm just working on a few singles at the moment, and then we're gonna see what goes on from there. Probably an album after that. You know. But um, I got three basically in the bag, including the one you just played. And then the two others are a little bit more heavy. The next one's going to be um, pretty, you know, a good amount heavier than this. But it's going to be like a like an opening type of song. Like that's um, the crowd is like sings along type of thing. And then the third one's like real kiss, almost like um, real kiss inspired, like music wise. You know, and and then again, like a a sing along type thing. So perfect. Uh, so I mean, yeah. really,
0: that's like like you said, people are gonna want to follow your social media so they know when these new songs are coming out. Of course, we'll right. share them in the Kiss Room. The uh, give a shout out. Who's playing on these tracks?
1: Oh yeah. Well, uh, I do um, all the vocals on that track you heard, "Take My Breath Away," and then I do the bass and all the guitars. And then uh, Damien Monte Carlo from Monte Carlo Band, he played the drums for me for all the uh, upcoming songs. So this song and then the next two songs. And um, I also did a video for his band, Monte Carlo. The song is called Animal. You could find that on uh, Spotify as well, but it should be out soon uh, in a couple of weeks. We shot it down at FDR skate park. It was just a cool, really cool, fun experience. And it was I was lucky enough to be asked to be a part of it. It's gonna look great. I think I got some good gene moves in the video too, so.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Woo! Well I'll tell you what, let's go to another song. We're gonna sing along here's we were talking about the unplug tour. Let's listen to some unplugged kiss. You're in the kiss room on Mako Radio where music and minds meet. And we are back we're in the kiss room I am talking with Dan Parcells we played his new single earlier uh, we're going to go a little bit off the track here I know that a lot of people if they could see you they see you on your social media you got a great look you got a cool rock and roll vibe going on which kind of is that informed at all by the fact that you are also a hairstylist when you're not being a rock star you're being a hairstylist how'd you get into that
1: that's a good question um, I've always been obsessed with my own hair that's number one. I couldn't leave the house without my hair fixed when I was a kid. And my mom and my sister would be waiting because my dad would be at work and I'd be hanging out with them. And if my hair wasn't right, you know, I had to own the bathroom for, you know, the entire time I lived at home. Mm. Anybody, <laughs> anybody trying to get in there, it was like, had to go through <laughs> me first, you know. And then... Uh, <laughs> And then my mom and my sister have always been really in the fashion and makeup. So when I wasn't with my dad, like going to flea markets or doing, you know, helping him work on—he's an electrician. So I used to go help him on jobs. So I got good with my hands that way. And then I got into fashion and stuff, and through and makeup through my sister and my mom. My mom—they probably both buy every product. You could ever think of so i couldn't help but be influenced by by all that and watching them do it as i'm like come on let's go to the mall let's go to the mall and they're like you know doing their hair and all that stuff makeup and then you know and, and then on the other hand i got good with doing electrical work with my hands so it kind of came together that way and a friend of mine uh i was going to college and i was like ah you know what the hell what the hell am i doing here you know A friend of mine Johnny McCain who was in the gutter sluts band from Hollywood in the 90s Uh, we uh, became friends and um, he was going to hair school and he was like uh, you should try it man you get to be creative Um, you get to promote yourself like you're in a band you know we were both musicians and then uh, you get to be around good-looking girls all day so I'm like where do I sign you know What's, what am I doing here? Why didn't I do this sooner? <laughs> That's fantastic. So you went to school for that? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Even how long you have you been doing up, that? You know? <laughs> I mean, they run you through, you know. Uh, a lot of people can, can accomplish hair school. I've been taught hair school for a little while. I've been doing what? it um, a long time, let's say. What was it over like um,
0: over the last year when obviously you know, you, we had to be six feet apart? I guess it's hard to cut somebody's mm. hair when you have to be six feet away. Yeah,
1: yeah. well, we put up these you know, barriers between each station, spread them out more. You couldn't have as many people in the salon as normal, which is okay. I like to take my time anyway, you know, focus on one person. People really appreciate that. But, uh, you know, you have to wear the mask. That sucks. You know, your client has to wear the mask. You're trying to cut around the ears. You know, what a mess. <laughs> but it's pretty much, uh, you know, you could go without a mask now. So
0: That's fantastic. No, it's definitely if people follow you, especially on any of your Instagram, things like that, they'll see you got a great look. And obviously they heard the new single. Any last minute thoughts you want to share with our Kiss Army audience listening all around the planet?
1: Well, if you love KISS, I think you'll love my music that I'm uh, putting out these days. I'm really into um, you know, all eras of KISS, and I'm, all, and I'm inspired by all eras of KISS. And um, yeah, KISS is always all about a great image, and that's what I'm about too. Hard rocking with an awesome image. So check me out. Fantastic. Dan Parcells, Dan Parcells on all the social media, YouTube, Spotify, all that stuff.
0: So everywhere you can stream music, you can find Dan Parcells, you heard the new singles, subscribe to his channels so you'll know when the new songs are coming out. Of course, we'll share them here in The Kiss Room. And you listen to The Kiss Room on Matco Radio, where music and minds meet.
3: As Rockin' Pod returns to Nashville. This annual convention brings together rock artists, fans, and podcasters for an unforgettable rock experience. Meet Billy Sheehan, Ron Keel, Ricky Rachtman, Mark Goodman, Matt Pinfield, Don Jameson of That Metal Show, drum legends Carmine Appice and Vinny Apice, along with current and former members of Winger, LA Guns, Accept, Roxy Blue, and more panels, signing sessions, and vinyl and memorabilia vendors, all available to you at Rockin' Pod. Music podcasters from all over North America will be appearing on-site for live interviews, networking, and speaking sessions. Got a music podcast? Register and join us. Rockin' Pod weekend kicks off with a pre-party concert featuring former Tesla guitarist Tommy Skio and his new band, Resist and Bite. Plus, Ron Keel Acoustic, Rock United, and a rare hair set featuring many surprise guests. Rockin' Pod weekend, August 6th through the 8th in Nashville, Tennessee. Tickets, VIP, podcaster registration, and discounted hotel rooms are available now at rockandpod.com. Rockin' Pod, brought to you by DBG Productions, Bradley Entertainment, and in Captia.
0: Thank you to Dan Parcells for taking the time to chat with me here in the Kiss Room. Of course, you can find him via his social media and, of course, every music streaming site. Uh, Coming up at the top of the hour, we will have the Kiss Room house band. And then I'll be joined by Laurie Georgevich and Russell Daniker to talk some Kiss. I want to take a minute and send some shout-outs to those of you who share the links each month to the Kiss Room. Candy Burton, of course, which is Candy, is the host of Candy's Kiss Corner, and a handful of Candy, also right here on Monco Radio. You can start your Saturdays 9 a.m. with Candy's Kiss Corner. Um, Always a good time. You should definitely tune into that. Christopher Goff from Kiss World, Josian Belly, Bill Elam. Of course, Bill has a show on A2Z Radio. It's A number 2Z Radio. You can find them. Uh, lots of great shows on A to Z Radio. Sam Dotton, Tony Mann, Hannah Rog from the We Will Blog You uh, site, Ricky Cook, Javier Boster, Kiss Army Omaha, Britton Mitchell from the Kiss Cosplay Group on Facebook. John Phillips, Al Simbalik, Chris Hartman, Steve Yakin, Dottie Jones, Mikhail Burel, Sean Cullen, David Cathy, Rolla Brown from the North Carolina KISS Army, James Brendan Dunn from the KISS Corner, Cameron Duty of course, Alive Unplugged, the music of KISS. He has an event coming up June 26th at 9. You can I'm sure you'll find a post with some info about that. Ron Jones and Mike Moon from the Let It Rip podcast. Joe Laskin, Josiah Horn, Greg Johnson, Craig Bauer, Lee Bruton, David Zanet, Al Dent, Matteo Bacaro, Kat Mara, of course. Eric and Julie from the Kiss Cave Facebook group, one of my favorite Facebook groups for Kiss. Jerry Lee Watkins, Fran Galante, Steve Compagna, the Kiss Room house band. Martin D. De Masso, my pal up in New York City. Pasquale Vary, and the Kiss Army Nation podcast. You got to check them out. They keep on putting out great episodes. Of course, a shout out, Eric and Judy Wisniewski from the Electric Crush. You can hear them live every Wednesday from 7 to 9 p.m. via Tube City Online. Peter Arquette from Kiss Asylum, of course, was sharing the link. Podcast Rock City, those guys are great. Uh, the Metal Summit, if you're not familiar with the Metal Summit, check them out. They're on Facebook Live every Wednesday at 9 p.m. You'll want to dig that. Of course, one of the co-hosts, the great Bobby Dreyer, you know him from the Kiss Room. Uh, Ken Mills and the podcast, of course. AJ Zonin, Anthony Porter, Madison Porter, and Amy Porter for all sharing the link, letting people know that it's a party and you can bring your friends. Um, One funny story before we go into the top of the hour, I want to share this with you. I've been trying, of course, to get Gene Simmons to join me in the Kiss Room. You know emails and phone calls to the PR team of course no replies just leaving messages and finally one day a woman actually picked up the phone probably thinking it was someone else so she picks it up and I chat with her for a couple minutes and she says well Gene is not doing interviews right now because he is too busy moving. And everybody that's ever moved, you know what a pain in the ass it is moving, but like, I just, I don't picture that Gene is actually packing boxes and moving stuff or calling Tommy and saying, can you bring your pickup on Saturday to help me move a piano? Or maybe it sounds something like this.
3: We are moving into the new place and Paul is here.
2: How you doing?
3: No, 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 Paul. If you twist your end of the couch this way, it'll definitely make it through the door. Look, Gene, it's gonna fit. You're crazy. It's gonna fit. You're crazy. No, 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 this way.
0: Okay, so maybe something like that. Gene, if you're listening, give me a shout and join me in the kiss room.
2: meet you in the kiss!
3: allowed to smoke in the kiss room hi everybody it's gene simmons you're listening to the kiss room on montco radio but you knew that you wanted the best and you got it the
2: hottest man in the land matt porter
4: It's June and restrictions are being lifted and concerts are being announced you know people I think it's time to get a little excited <laughs> out to all our friends in New York and especially Tony Mann. Here's New York Groove.
2: Sitting by my side Saying where we Stopped at 1343 Exit to the night It's gonna be ecstasy This place was meant for me Feel so good tonight Who cares about tomorrow So baby You better believe I'm back Back in New York groove I'm back I'm back. back in the New York groove. Back in the New York groove.
4: i don't know about you but every time i hear this track i think of the kiss room
2: What follows me Is my fate And you're what
4: one's called rock bottom and the only good thing about hitting rock bottom is there's only one place to go and that's up
0: Thank you to the amazing Kiss Room house band for another awesome set and as always I appreciate them sharing their time and their talent with us every month. Now joining me in the Kiss Room are Lori Georgevich and Russ Daniker, both longtime Kiss fans who saw Kiss play live last week. Lori and Russ, welcome to the Kiss Room.
5: Thank welcome. You.
0: I am thrilled that you're here and we were talking a little bit before we started with some great stories that I'm super thankful that you'll both be here. Um, now look, obviously the two of you were in New York city for the screening of the documentary and the return of kiss to the live stage. It had to be amazing. I'm thrilled to hear your thoughts on the event.
5: Well, it it was a long time coming, you know, coming out of this COVID, you know, era. it, It just was to see live music again, um, to see kiss perform again. It was unbelievable. Isn't even the words like, we, you know, we were right up front, you know, we were sitting there and we watched the documentary, you know, it was about an hour and a half and it was just, it was incredible. It was it wasn't the same old, same old. Like, there was footage I never saw, right? Yeah, oh yeah. There was a lot of footage, old footage, uh, pictures, interviews that I, you know, wasn't aware of or had never heard. So, you know, when people say, oh, it's just another documentary, it actually no. isn't. There there was a lot of stuff that I learned, that I saw, that I was unfamiliar with as, as a, you know, 40-year KISS fan. So, it's go- people are going to go crazy when they say it. It was really done well. What do
4: you you know, and, and most people assume that the video is going to be an Ace and Peter bash. And it really wasn't. I mean, you know, they did knock on Peter at one point during the documentary um, because Peter would not let them use Beth in the um, in the movie, in the documentary. So, you know, of course, Paul and Gene weren't going to have too many nice things to say. Um, but really, other than that, that was it. There was nothing, mm. nothing bad said, nothing. And, you know, they, they say nothing at the beginning know. of the documentary that they asked Peter and Ace to be part of this. Um, and they declined.
5: You know, so, they, they did mention what, what, what a lot of people know already, you know, the drugs and alcohol they brought up a couple times, but that's nothing new and it's not uh, not lies. And, and so people already knew that, but it, it wasn't a bash at all by any means.
4: But it was good. There was a lot of um, obscure footage in there. I know like the, the Kite Fest from 1975, they showed some video of that. Um, Which you said you or, never saw. Before. No, I never saw it, believe it or not. There, but there was a lot of other footage, like just... You know, of course, they got the music playing over the video footage. So you see a clip and you go, wow, I never saw that before. But you're not hearing the actual audio. So I don't know if it was 8 millimeter film. I don't know what it was. But there are definitely pictures and videos that you go, oh, I never saw that before. I never saw that before. So it it was very well done. You know, they take you into Electric Lady Studios. Gene and Paul sit down and they start playing the guitars. Um wow. You Know they just go over everything and it's, sitting it's,
5: like nonchalantly, like on a couch. Yeah,
4: Paul's sitting in the couch with his feet, playing with his feet. His <laughs> <bad> feet.
5: <laughs> so, FYI, those feet people, that- yeah,
4: <laughs> but uh, yeah, very well done, very entertaining. And you know, I enjoyed so far. We only saw the first half, but. I enjoyed it. So I
0: think, I mean, that's the, nobody's going to be surprised by the story. Anybody who's been a Kiss fan for half a minute, I think we all know the story. But I'm thrilled to hear that so much of these this footage has appeared. I know, I want to give a shout out, Kirk Gooch, who people know from his book, Kiss Alive Forever, The Complete Touring History of Kiss. He had a hand in finding all those archives. And
4: he found the kite footage.
0: That's what I think. That's the one piece of footage that everybody seems so excited about because I don't think we've ever seen it. So, I mean, there's been photos. There's photos of them walking on the stage, which I think also the thing that's exciting about that is, one, they're so young and it's so early in in their history. But also anytime you get footage of Kiss playing outside during the day, because that's so rare. You know what I mean? Like, you think about that crazy nights in Germany where they're outside at a festival and it's a light out. But outside of that, like, you don't really see them outside during the day. I think that's what makes that footage seem so special. But the... Uh, and did Was there anything that surprised you at all? I mean, other than the footage and... and But, I mean, the story we know. But, like, I think... Uh, did they say
4: anything that you didn't expect or...? Um... No, you know, it was kind of... Run of the mill. I mean, you know, of course, Paul, Paul and Jean, you know, Paul, they talk about their makeup designs and, uh, you know, Paul says that at the beginning, you know, first he had two stars on his eye and then, you know, Jean says to him, well, how did you make it to one? And then he tells the story and then Paul says, you know, Jean, when you put your hair up in a bun, he goes, I thought that was great. I thought it looked amazing. He goes, "I I almost considered putting both sides of my hair up in the air. You know off his shoulders he said but because of my ear i didn't do it and he also said that throughout most of the mm-hmm. 70s nobody knew including gene that he had a, a, an, an ear problem he said because he had his long hair he hit it he said he didn't tell anybody
5: yeah that was something which, i
4: didn't know so which i funny. thought i didn't know it either i mean i would assume gene and the band knew but he said nobody knew in the 70s that he had a problem I was that's very
0: incredible. Yeah, that's incredible. I mean, so of course, what we're talking about is the A&E documentary coming up at the end of the month. For those of you, if you don't have the A&E network, get subscribed right now. Um, obviously, that's exciting to hear. So you just saw part one. It's a two part thing. They just showed yes. you part one. Yeah,
4: it's part one.
0: Yes, that sounds fantastic. I think we have whetted everybody's appetite to watch that coming up. Uh, and then obviously now it had to be exciting seeing that up on a big screen as well. That's always a thrill. And they
5: then gave they out come free out popcorn. They, they, <laughs> were like, they did. They were like, you know, lawn chairs. They kind of went back a little bit so you can like lean back and it watch the screen. It was a beautiful screen.
4: night. It wasn't too hot. It was perfect.
5: It was really, you know, they, they did a, a great job uh, as far as they, you know, again, it sold out. The tickets were free. You know, uh, it if, if, can't
4: be free. can't
5: be free. Um, which, Hmm. and, and we saw most of New York, New Jersey, Connecticut there. Oh, everybody was there. Everybody was there. And then you meet some people that were like, what do you mean? Kiss played Friday. Where did Kiss play Friday? And then there's fans, kiss fans that were like, well, I didn't know. Like, you know, and I'm like, I don't know. I mean, they announced it. Kiss put it on their website. It wasn't really, like, promoted through Tribeca. Which was better for us. Which was better for us. But everybody <laughs> I knew just about got tickets. And whoever, you know, there was a couple people that I, I, hey, I have room in my pod. You know, I'd like to invite you in. And they were beyond grateful. So it was like to sit, sit there front row with everybody you know Right behind you. Behind behind us, it was the greatest feeling ever.
0: It did look like an amazing collection of some of the coolest KISS fans on the planet. And yes, I stalked everybody's Facebook pages and everybody's live streams. And I was thrilled that so many people shared so many amazing snapshots from the event. It looked amazing. Now, so they finished the documentary. And then it looked like they just walked out on stage. No real
4: intro.
5: They basically did. <laughs> they just well, come
0: actually, walking out.
4: Paul Paul walked out on stage first. He started talking, and then Gene went to his end. And then the everybody at Gene's end started going G G G G. And Paul got pissed and stopped talking and started the song.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. Paul <laughs> didn't like the fact they were chanting Gene, so he just said, "Ah, so he stopped talking and started playing," which was great. You know, they did what Detroit shouted out
5: loud. Heaven's on Fire.
4: Heaven's on Fire, War Machine, uh, which I thought was strange, War Machine. And then they did Rock and Roll all night. It was over before it began. It was boom, 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 done. But it was great because, you know, at this stage, after two years of no live shows or anything, it was great to, you know, finally Mm -hmm. see Kiss right up front on a beautiful night with all our friends. It was just perfect.
5: The pyro was beyond... Oh yeah, uh, there are aren't any words. I mean, we were standing up against the rail, and that when that pyro went off, uh, we felt our eyebrows like uh, it's crinch. no
4: joke. It that's, was hotter that's not than an exaggeration. I don't want to my stupid. skin was singed from the heat. It was so hot.
5: It was so hot, and we were like, it was, and we we've, we've been up front before, but not, not but like we've that. never felt the heat like that. Yeah. And we asked Keith. We were like. Did they do anything different? He's like, they did a little something different. But, yes, it is always hot up there. But it was beyond hot. Like, yeah. we left and and our hands smelled like sulfur. Like, it was, like, we would have had bomb dogs coming right up to us. Like, it was it was bad.
4: It reminds but- me of, actually, when, when I would go see, I saw Kiss twice, 77 and 79. And if I was to call my dad right now, the one thing he would say he remembers from that was feeling the heat of the flames when it came up. So it kind of when when I felt that I that's what it took me back to you know when I was a kid seeing Kiss at the Garden,
5: but the energy <laughs> there was just tremendous. I've never felt it before like that, and I don't know if it was just from taking a little hiatus and and just being there, but, but you felt it. you felt it in when you were waiting in line, I got there three o'clock. I was the yeah, fifth everybody one was in a
4: good spirits. It was you know, everybody
5: was talking and, and talking about, you know, kiss and, and just their experiences. And it's just the energy was just overwhelming. And, and we felt it there. Like I've never felt that kind of energy before. And it, it was just everybody was happy to be there, grateful to be there, grateful to the band for, for playing five songs.
4: And it was free.
5: And it was free. And <laughs> they, released, they did release tickets, Tribeca, you know, during the day. And, and people were able to scoop them up and come right down. You know, oh, I live a half hour away. I, I sent messages to people. Hey, look, they just released pods. You know, come down if you're not doing anything. Because I did know a couple people that would have, you know, liked to have seen them. And some of them came down. Some of them was like, you know, I'm out of state. I have other plans. It's a Friday. I'll never get there in time. But it was just the energy there from the crowd was amazing, and you know they so, threw some picks out, and so the they show you,
0: you caught yourself you were gonna say it was hotter than hell and well, you well, caught I said, your-
5: <laughs> it was hotter than hell it was, <laughs> it was hot. the
4: flames were hotter than
5: hell <laughs> yeah the flames were it was just um, but it was just great you know between between them playing the five songs and then I was a little nervous you know with with the roses I'm always nervous. So, um, it was, it was great. It was Wait, a great time.
4: So I'm, I film rock and roll a night for her because, you know, she's gonna throw her roses. So she literally, as soon as the song starts, like you said, she throws the roses and now Paul's got the guitar between his legs and I'm holding my camera, videotaping and I'm going, please, God, pick up the rose. Please, God, let him pick up the roses. Please, God, let him pick up the roses. Please, God, <laughs> let him pick up the roses. And then he does, and then, like, the night is good because if not, then Lori Georgievich here is not a happy woman.
0: So now, look, as long as I've known you, Lori, I've called you Paul Stanley's favorite florist because I've seen you throw those roses multiple times, which is always awesome. And he always picks them up and he usually puts them in his mouth or right on the mic. Stand. Talk about that. How did you become Paul Stanley's favorite florist? And tell the story about the painting as well.
5: Oh, sure. Yeah. So Paul Stanley's favorite florist. Uh, I mean, I remember being in sixth grade and my friend Doreen showed me a, she had a trapper keeper. And it had this four, four box, you know, solo faces. And I was like, Oh my God, I was like, Oh my God, what is that? And she's like, Oh, it's this band kiss. Well, by, by the next year, you know, makeup was off, whatever it was. And I was, you know, 13 hormones racing and I saw Paul Stanley and I was like, Oh my God. So, you know, I went to, I think what was my first, maybe Animalize was first. I don't know if I did roses then, but I used to do gymnastics. And so when we always had our recitals, my parents would give me roses and they said it was for a job well done. And, you know, when you do a performance well done, you're, you're expected, you know, they give you roses or flowers. And I said, oh, okay. So I said, well, why wouldn't I do that with Paul? So I actually have a piece of like the rose stem and in my scrapbook, it says Kiss Asylum. So it's been that long since I've been given Paul roses. I mean, there's been times here and there. I mean, when I had kids, I didn't go to a lot of shows, but when I go 95% of the time, he takes them. I mean, I remember Continental Airlines Arena having, you know, uh, in, in East Rutherford, I had the last row at the top of the and, and I eventually I worked myself down and I got to the front and I will give him roses like it doesn't matter where I sit. I will get there and She's I will give him roses. And I'm not lying. Like, I'm
4: a woman on a mission.
5: <laughs> tell them about the Vienna.
4: We, no, it wasn't in Vienna. It was in the Czech, Czech Republic. Czech, we Czech. go to see Kiss in the Czech Republic. Okay, it's a GA floor, it's a stadium.
5: 25,000. It's a stadium.
4: <laughs> so now we we go to the soundboard. And um, so she says like, you know, oh, I want to give Paul the roses. So she I said, I listen, this is going to be impossible. You're not going to be able to get up front. So she goes ask, asking Danny, kiss the Security, you know, hey, is there any way I can go in the pit in between the people and the stage and give Paul the roses? So he goes, yeah, no problem. Of course, anything for you. So now we're at the soundboard. Four songs before Rock and Roll all Night, we decide, okay, it's a good idea. Let's just start walking towards... Now, we're walking to a stadium full of people. Let's start walking towards the, the pit area. Well, of course, I think it was Psycho Circus it's we left. <laughs> Paul flies out right above the soundboard. So now everybody in the whole stadium is facing us. And now we're trying to walk through the people. <laughs> and let me tell you, they either don't like Americans or they just wanted to be... I won't curse, but idiots. So every person we tried getting through blocked us. Had something to say. Like I almost had fights with 15 different people because I, I, you know, they think you're trying to get in front of them. I, no, no, no. We're going this way. You know, we made it. She gave Paul the roses. It was a good night. <laughs>
5: So, yeah, oh, there, that's there's awesome. been times where I was, I was upset, you know, like one of the Kiss Cruises, I think it was Kiss Cruise 3, I'm standing right at the, you know, at the stage and right in front of him, like literally, and he didn't take them. And I just got so angry that I broke them and I threw them all <laughs> on the stage. Oh. And then the next night I was supposed to take my picture with the band and I didn't go. I, oh, I was wow. so upset and I was like, and the, who, who am I spiting? I'm spiting myself. But I didn't go take my picture because I was embarrassed because I didn't want them to be like, you know, oh, I didn't take your rose. You know, not that they would, but I was just embarrassed. And I said, I'm not I'm not taking my picture. But but ever <laughs> since ever since then, I've been, you know, giving him roses. And like I said, most of the time he takes them. Sometimes he doesn't. And it is like I Russell said to me, well, some somebody had said to him, you know, I don't know if Paul's going to do this. It's covid. You know, we're we're not, you know, out of the woods yet. And I said to him, OK. I'll, I'll, I can deal with that because that would be the reason. And I could, I could deal with that. So like, I, I went Thursday after school and I went and got a COVID test and I got, you know, the next, you know, I said, look, I need this. I have to go to New York on Friday. I need this, like ASAP, this result. And it was through the lab. It wasn't rapid. So I got it at, like 12 o'clock midnight and I printed it and I'm like, this is great. So we saw Fran outside the hotel Friday. And I was like, Fran, listen, I, I, is Paul going to take my roses? And he goes, well, where are you sitting? I go, well, it's general admission. He's like, well, just throw them up. I go, but you know, with COVID and everything, he's like, I don't think it's going to be a problem. I go, I have a negative test here. He's like, you're crazy. <laughs> I go, you're crazy. So I was a little nervous, but he, he, you know, I, I threw them, he picked them up from the stage floor and put them in his mouth and I'm saying COVID what like that's done. You know, we're, we're good now. You know, they're, they're vaccinated. I guess they're feeling good. And, um, you know, and, and it was, a, it was a great night and I've seen so many photos. I've never seen so many photos before of my roses, but like Tribeca had a photo and that like, you had sent me and so many other people I didn't know are putting them on Facebook and tagging me. And it's, it's a great, it really is a great shot. So, um, so many people took great shots of that, but it was just, again, the crowd was, was amazing. We were happy. They were happy. You can she see it. She was happy. I was happy. With, she was happy with <laughs> Um, and, and they just, from the looks of them, they had a ball and, you know, there was no confetti or anything like that at the end, but, um, it was, it was
4: confetti. They, there was not the confetti. There was the shooting, uh, confetti. Streamers. Oh, it right. looked yeah. like, yeah.
0: and I kept thinking, I wonder if those streamers are going to start catching fire. You know, they it's did. like, there they was did. so much, they I was saying, it looked crazy.
5: Some of some of the people in back of us had, had some of the streamers and it was clearly it burnt. Burnt. Yeah. <laughs> it was burnt.
0: Oh, that's amazing. Now, look, right behind you, I see the painting of Paul Stanley, and I know that has something to do with Rose as well. Explain that.
5: All right, so let me, do you want me to hold it up for you? It's,
0: it's radio, so we can't see it. We're going to let people... You have to describe it. Okay. Now, Russell's got it in his hand right now, a giant painting of what looks like the Paul Stanley 78 solo album. Tell us that story, Lori.
5: All right, so Kiss Cruise Eight um you know paul was doing a painting class and of course i submitted my you know whatever you call it uh application or whatever and they, they didn't pick me so i was like all right you know that's not a problem we'll go sit and it was in the lounge you know the um was it the, no not the, no, it was of the, in the theater the stardust theater and so he was with his friends doing something else thank god
4: kiss uh q and a, not a kiss um what is it? A Kiss um, trivia question.
5: Kiss trivia game. So he yeah. was with his friends, thank God, because if he was with me, this wouldn't happen. That's true. And so, you know, we're, uh, we're sitting there, I'm sitting there with my friend Ray, and we're sitting there, and you know, Paul's doing the painting stuff, you know, helping the people out. There's like maybe 15 people, um, and I only knew one up there, it was the Guy Ron. Um, and so, the, the um, workers, you know, were asking people for questions. So I was like, okay. I said to Right, I'm going to ask Paul for the painting. He's like, what? I go, yeah, I'm going to ask him for the painting. He goes, Oh, all right, Laura. I don't know if he's going gonna... to, like, I don't care what he says. Like, I'll be embarrassed again. I probably won't go take my picture, whatever. I go, I don't care. <laughs> so the guy comes over and he says, you have a question. I said, you yeah, have a question. So I stand up and I said, Hey, Paul, you know, as you know, I've been giving you roses for like 30 something years. And he goes to, this, to the audience. It's true. It's true. She does. She does. So I said, I have a question for you. He goes, okay. I go, can you paint a rose on that painting and give it to me? And so the place went wild and he just stood there. He didn't know what to say. He was put right on the spot and it it took like a minute or two and he's, and they're going, do it, do it, do it. And so finally he said, okay. And the place went wild and I went down to the stage and he handed it to me and I gave it back to him because I wanted him. He had a Sharpie in his hand. I wanted him to autograph it. So not only did he paint a rose on the painting and put his PS's initials, he also signed the top. And uh, he walks away and he goes, damn, those were some expensive roses. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, everybody was just so happy for me. And and I was just like, oh, I was so grateful. You know, it was really nice of him, him to do. Um, I went to the, the gallery on the ship and asked them for a box. And they were like, no. And <laughs> I was like, what's that all about? And I later found out he was supposed to like sell that there for like $8,000 um but we were leaving when we were leaving the ship we were walking out Russ and I and this door opens i mean what are the odds and Paul Stanley comes walking out and, with and his, I'm, family. With his family and i'm holding the painting
4: and he starts telling Evan oh, she's the one that we gave the painting to. Like, they were talking about it already. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah,
5: then, she's the one that I am yeah, at that grand on. Paul's
4: telling Evan and his wife, and then he looks at Laura and he goes, you know what, but you deserve it. Yeah. That's, that's an
0: amazing story. I mean, that's really something else. The uh, You know, it's funny, kind of circling back, but everybody that goes back and watches those clips from that New York show this past Friday, during rock and roll night, right at the start, watch for the roses, and there's an explosion goes off da 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 boom and you see the roses right in the flames so everybody go back and watch that footage you're gonna know those are lori's flowers right there that is amazing
5: well you know know, there's 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 a secret to my madness so i and i've been doing this so long i've perfected it so I get a dozen roses, you know, I go the morning of the night before, whatever I get the roses and I keep them in the package. And then some, at some point during the show and and this time it, because there was only five songs, I did it during the documentary as I was watching, I take the roses, I dethorn them because there was one, <laughs> there was one year where he took the roses and would put them down his pants and then finish playing. So, you know, I, <laughs> I don't know, but I know, you know what I'm talking about. So, you know, I would dethorn them and I make two bunches, two bunches of six, because, you know, at the end when, you know, a regular show, when the confetti's going all over the place, it kind of gets lost. It's red. You know, the, some of the confetti's red, the stage, whatever's covered. And so I get nervous. So, like, I throw one up there and if he sometimes walks on the other side or he doesn't see it, I have a second bunch. And you, <laughs> if that ever happens the second time, he usually gets it. Like, unless it's he sees it, he doesn't want to pick it up. And then it doesn't matter how many bunches I throw, it's not getting picked up. But for the most part, I have two, just in case, God forbid, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, too far back. But I always make sure I clear it with security. I clear it with, you know, Kiss security. Hey, you know, Lori's here with the roses. Can you let, you know, the arena security know so she doesn't they don't think I'm going up there because, you know, I work security at MetLife Stadium. So I know like if a fan comes rushing toward the end of a show, you don't know what they're going to do. So I just let them know that, you know, I'm, I'm here. I'm going to give them, I'm going to do show them my picture, you know, pictures, the videos. Uh, but most of the time, you know, uh, Ryan, you know, from kiss will be like, you know, she's cool and, and it's okay. So. You and
0: you take such time to dethorn them. That's an amazing part of the story.
5: It's a whole process. Everybody makes fun <laughs> of me, but yeah, I have to. Because you never know, Matt. You just don't.
0: <laughs> you know what? Looking over your shoulder, I see all kind of kiss collectibles, and I want to think. I want you both to think. If you had to go through your entire collection, what are some of your favorite items that you have? I'm looking at a lot of them, painting a picture for our listeners i see the ukulele i see a broken guitar what are some of the first ones that come to your mind
4: well i don't really collect i never really collected merchandise i mean of course i have a you know i've got i've gotten stuff over the years that was pretty cool but i don't know for me i'm not i'm not of the merch. i'm more of the going to see them live in concert and spending my money that way traveling you know all over the place to go and do that so I mean, uh, to me, I guess my favorite piece has always been my Mego Kiss dolls. Like I don't know, yeah. To me, I don't think it can get better than that. That's it.
5: Well, I, I have different ones from different members. I don't know if if that counts. I mean, I, unfo- you know, I I fortunately work with Loretta, you know, Eric Carr's sister, and I never got to meet him. I I've seen him play, um, but I never got to meet him. So I have a couple of things from Loretta that that is special. Um, You know, uh, checks, you know, um, credit card statements, you know, that say Paul Caravello or say that I have a drum head. I have, you know, uh, you know, Eric Carr signed stuff. So I I do cherish all my Eric stuff. Um, You know, the Paul, I would say the painting because of the background and how and it took me a long time to get to that status where he could be like, yeah, you deserve it. And the funny thing is, like the cruises after that, people are going, can I have the painting? He's like, no, I can paint you. I can paint your shirt, though. and he'll.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, I, I don't really think of it so much as collecting. Like you said, I think it's usually one an item that just means something to you. Like, like I see people all the time with these rooms, like obviously kiss rooms because you're in the kiss room on Mako Radio where music reminds me. But the uh, it's like they're filled floor to ceiling with like every car and, and figure and all that. But there's always that one thing. Like to me, the things that mean the most are like the things I've gotten autographed personally from them or, you know, things like that.
4: I I can, okay I I didn't realize that was what the question was. I had um I believe it was Christmas of 93 or 93 and 94. I think 93. Um Christmas Eve, I'm with my family, I get a knock on the door and it's the it's uh UPS and the guy gives me a box. And I don't know what it is and it's addressed to me. I'm like what 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 is this? And I open it up and for Christmas that year, Eric Singer sent me a Revenge Gold album with my name on it. Unbelievable. So I guess that to me would be... Another thing, which is sitting under the bed in my, in my, in my house, on Kiss Motley Crew, the last show of the tour, was in Hartford, Connecticut. And me and my friends had gone to the acoustic uh, meet and greet. And so we're right in front of Gene and Eric's playing. And Eric says to Gene, Gene, Give Russell your bass. So Gene goes, okay.
5: <laughs> so okay.
4: he goes, okay, just like that. So now that's the end of it, right? And the show ends, you know, they, they used to end it with Beth and then Kiss would sign autographs for everybody. So me and my friends walk back like to the end of the tent so everybody can go up and get their autographs. And I Gene calls me Rocky, lo- <laughs> story for another day. And um, he goes, Rocky. And I come over, I go, yeah, Gene. He goes, come here. And he had, hands me the bass autographed to me to Rocky Gene Simmons. Now, keep in mind, this is before he was selling the acoustic basses. I think like the next tour, he started selling them. And then he says to me, here's the bass. And I hugged him. I said, Gene, thank you. And he goes, make sure you get the road case from Fran. <laughs> so I went on the truck. I got the case. And I was it.
5: That's amazing. So again, I was in college and I, and I had met this guy who I'm sure everybody knows, Bill Baker, who used to have the Ace Frehley Museum and work on his guitars and stuff. So I remember, you know, for, I had $40 and I thought that was a lot of money back then. It was like maybe 91, whatever. I don't even know. And he, I met him and he said to me, just like my friend Mike Amon did, hey, Lydia, Lydia, Chris needs some help at her table. And at the time, Lydia was selling spoons thong underwear that people would throw i mean everything you could imagine that that people had you know were given peter and i was like okay and so she had this christmas stocking and um it was like the old ones where it had like the hard plastic on it and it was like a snowman and it had peter in gold with the glitter and it had a picture and and the picture was of it hanging in on their mantle place in their first apartment and it was forty dollars and my friend Bill says, you need to buy that. And I said, buy that. All I have is $40. I, I can't buy that. He goes, will you please buy that? And I was like, reluctantly, I was like, uh, okay. And I bought it. And so the next um, Kiss Expo, Peter was the guest. And so he's doing autographs, you know, and I bring it up there. And he's like, oh, w- what is this? And <laughs> and he takes the, I go, well, this is, he goes, you, you brought me your Christmas stocking? And I said, N- uh, no, this is your Christmas stocking. And he's like. Where, where did you where did you get this and i go uh your ex-wife <laughs> and so he looks at the picture and he signed the picture and he signed the stocking as best he could because it was like fuzzy and then he looks at me and he goes well maybe next year i'll be in your christmas stocking and i was like <laughs> I've no part of that i like ran off the stage but um so that's my like peter oh, item that's yeah. awesome
0: now you mentioned loretta Carr or loretta caravello and you've worked with her as well talk about that
5: so the Expos for her, I mean, you know, we just try to keep Eric Eric Carr's memory alive. I know, you know, Russ, Russ has met him, was friends with him, has a lot of, you know, different stories that maybe one day you want to, you know, get some uh, of those from him. But, you know, she has she's working on this um, documentary that's supposed to be coming out in November. And it's like tentatively called like Enter the Fox. So it kind of picks up where Tell of the Fox left off um, with like over an hour of unseen footage with all the members. You know, and it's gonna it's going to be great. It's just one of those things that you know she's working really, really hard on, and she's excited about and all the fans should be excited about. Um, she also mentioned to me today that um Eric's going to be in, um, inducted into the Metal Hall of Fame in July, which is going to be a Zoom event, um along with like um who did she say Doc McGee and um, Eddie van Halen. Eddie van Halen. Hmm. Um, and so that's going to be on Zoom. Uh, through Zoom, and uh, her niece is going to accept the, war, the award on, on Eric's behalf, uh, on her uncle's behalf. But it's just, you know, she's working on so many things. She has, uh, you know, um, LED, these LED five different LED things, uh, lamps that she's well, she I has the, out.
4: I think the question was, how did you get to work with Loretta?
5: Oh, okay, so how mm. I, well, I told them before. Mm. That's why. all right. Oh. So, yeah, so again, I was at a Kiss Expo, and my mm. friend Mike Amon had said to me... Um, you know, Loretta needs some help. And I was like, okay. And and again, just like, you know, everybody says my friend is so, uh, they were so busy back then that I just started helping her sell, you know, some Eric stuff. And that was at almost 25 years ago. And we've been friends ever since. I mean, you know, she lives about 15 minutes from me and it's, we keep in touch and we talk, you know, just about every week. And I try to help her as much as I can. You know, we, we you know, put, she has, you know, the Eric Carr.com, uh site has a new store that's just been revamped. So there's a lot of different things on there. And I help her when I can. I'll, I'll go to the house. She'll run ideas by, you know, me, Russ, and we'll hear some things and we'll stop there and we'll help her with whatever she needs. And, um, you know, and plus, you know, Russ was friends with uh, Eric. So, you know, there's that connection there that... That it- I got,
4: a, I got a, a good story for you, Matt. So I don't know Lori, and I don't know Loretta, but I knew Eric Carr. So when Eric was in the hospital when he was sick, he invited me, my friend Rusty Lewis, who lives in Maryland, who was up at a KISS Expo. It was a KISS Expo in town. And Eric had told this girl that used to work for KISS, Jilda Caserta. you know Gilda?
0: Absolutely.
4: Okay. So Eric had told Gilda, hey tell Rusty and Russell to come up to see me in the hospital in Sloan Kettering. He had surgery the day before. So, mm. we go up into the into Manhattan after the expo. We go up into his hospital room. He had, you know, he was trying to unbutton his shirt and show us his scar and stuff. So, he says to us, "Well, what did you bring to get signed? What do you want me to autograph?" We're like, "No, Eric, we, you know, we didn't bring anything to get signed." He goes, "Well, where's your camera? Let's take some pictures." So we go, well, we didn't bring a camera You do. This isn't a place to get pictures and autographs. He goes, oh, bullish. So he pulls, he, he had the suitcase under his bed and he takes the suitcase out in there. He had like one of those instant cameras and he calls the nurse in and he goes, could, could, take some pictures with me and my friends. So we're on the hospital bed and he's posing and we're, we're standing there, we're taking pictures with him. Okay, the day is done. We leave, we say our goodbyes. Eric passes away. I don't have these photos. So I'm saying to myself, these photos exist somewhere. I I have to find these photos. So I would email Loretta all the time. You I would get
5: too. You wouldn't tell them about the cards?
4: I wouldn't I, I wouldn't um, you know, get a response from her, her nothing. I don't know why, nothing, nothing, nothing. So finally I meet Lori and Lori tells me, Oh yeah, I work with Loretta. You know, I know Loretta very well. So I said to her, I go, Lori, listen, there's these pictures. That I have, I, I have to get these, these you know, such a great memory, this and that. So she goes, well, you know, let me see, let me ask Loretta. So she tells me, Loretta knows nothing about these pictures, doesn't know anything about them. She tells me, I like, Lori, you have to ask a reminder. She says, no, Loretta don't know nothing about them. Don't we, you know, nothing we could do, sorry. Christmas rolls around. She gives me a present. I open it up. It's the picture, the, the picture from there framed in the thing she got them
0: unbelievable yes i'll tell you all these christmas surprises what a fun what a fun bunch of stories you got a gold record on christmas you got the pictures on christmas you got peter's stocking it all ties
4: together (laughs) yeah so i have that photo now which i think loretta said she's going to put in the documentary or in a book or something she might yeah so The point is, is that, you know, it worked out eventually, which is a good thing because, you know, to have that memory and to have the picture now is awesome.
0: That is amazing. And it's funny. I mean, you think to yourself, like, you know, just to have those memories and have those kind of connections, it's it's amazing. And I love how a lot of it ties together with just kind of helping people out. They say, hey, you need help at an expo or whatever. And everybody gets to be friends. And it's a small kiss world somehow all joined together. It's true. It's great. So. I really appreciate you both coming on here and sharing your stories with me on the kiss room. Any last minute thoughts you want to share with all the kiss army listening all around the planet?
4: Just look forward to the kiss. E documentary. I think, uh, I think I really do think every kiss fan is going to enjoy it. Of course, I think there's going to be a few ACE and Peter fans that are going to be like, you know, anti whatever Gene and Paul do. But I think for the most part, even them, they'll enjoy it because you know, it's a lot of rare footage pictures not too much bashing of anybody. I enjoyed it.
5: And, you know, Paul did say, you know, that they will be touring. So, you know, a lot of people were, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, So I want to make sure I wasn't making that up. <laughs> um, he did say, you know, we are going on tour. So I know a lot of people, like when he talked to him, like, well, are they going to tour? You know, is it going to get canceled? As of right now, no. It's it, You know, it's not going to get canceled. It's not going to get rescheduled. It's still, it's still a go right now for August. So... Uh, you know, we're looking very forward to that. So we're going to see
4: Matt in Atlantic City then, right?
0: Yes, indeed. And I'll look for you and I'll be looking for those roses to hit up on the stage.
5: <laughs> and then uh, on the Eric Carr note, I would just say, you know, just try to keep his memory alive. You know, the fans um, check out, you know, the Eric Carr.com site. You know, the new store is up. It's all revamped. There's lenticular cards, you know, that actually more from no makeup into makeup. I mean, I'm actually picking one up from her next week. And just a lot of really cool stuff just to keep his memory alive, We, you know. And we're looking forward to this documentary, you know. It, it's going to be great, and the fans are going to love it.
0: Lori, Russ, I really appreciate you taking the time. You're in the Kiss Room on Mako Radio, where music and minds meet. Kiss Army, thank you for joining me in the Kiss Room and kicking off the 10th season. You can spend your time doing a million different things, so I'm thrilled that you chose to spend your time here in the Kiss Room. I'd love to hear from you. Jump into the Kiss Room Facebook group or send me a message at thekissroom at gmail.com or follow the Kiss Room on Instagram. I'd love your feedback. Which was your favorite song that the Kiss Room house band played? Or maybe you want to hear a song from them. Tell me what it is. What was your favorite part of the show? Come on, that Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley moving bit, that totally cracks me up. Thanks, Ken Mills. People, I know you're out there. Let me hear you. Rock and Pod is coming up in August. If you're a fan of podcasts, you need to be there. Go to rockinpod.com for all the info. Lots going on. Stay tuned to Monco Radio for Seriously Zappa, which is coming up next. And check out the other great shows on Monco Radio. Thanks again for joining me in the Kiss Room. Meet me back here next month on Monco Radio where music and minds meet. You have
2: been one hell of an audience tonight. Why don't you give yourselves a round of applause?
4: I'll tell you something. You know, a lot of bands like to brag about their fans. Now, naturally, you better believe we brag about you, but we want you to know something. We want you to know,
2: we know that you are our fans, but don't you ever forget, we are your fans! We love you!
0: Thank you for listening to The Kiss Room. Stay tuned to Montco Radio.
3: last minute crazy things you want to say
2: to conform with expectations? No,
0: but I will say something to anybody out there that's, you know, the weird guy or the weird girl that always has the weird things that they do that their friends put them down for. Don't think it's so weird. Maybe someday somebody will let you give you the chance to make a living out of it. You just stick to it.
2: You'd be weird.
3: No, 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 Paul. If you twist your end of the couch this way, it will definitely make it through the door. No, 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 this way.